Greetings to you all, my radio friends. It's wonderful to be with you again. I hope you're well. Thank you for joining me today. We've considered quite a number of things in these programs, Give Me the Bible. Some of those things may have been quite challenging for you, but I share with you what the Bible has to say. The main thing you need to understand is that the Bible is the only solid thing on which we can base our faith and beliefs. Other things may have their place, but in the end, the final word on any matter must be the word of God, the Bible. The Bible shows us how to live and reveals the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. It gives us a code for successful living and tells us how to be right with God and right with each other. I hope you found the programs interesting and helpful and that they have opened up your understanding. Two weeks ago I announced to you we would look at the issue of why so few people keep the seventh day Sabbath as their holy day. We'll look at that topic today. After Jesus returned to heaven, he left the responsibility of spreading the gospel message to the disciples and believers who did spread the gospel message all around southern Europe and probably even as far as India. It is understood that the disciple Thomas brought the gospel to India. We may be tempted to think that the spreading of the gospel was a glamorous thing to do, but it was done at the risk of the disciples' lives, as the message they were sharing was often counter to the prevailing cultures and counter to the prevailing belief systems of the people groups they spoke to. All the apostles, excluding the apostle John, were killed, that is, martyred for their faith. John was exiled on the island of Patmos and died a natural death. The churches established by the apostles have sometimes been called the apostolic churches, not to be confused with the apostolic church, which exists today. We would probably call the new church groups established by the apostles as the young Christian church. Christianity was a vibrant movement, and there was an explosion of numbers of people who became Christians in those early years. During the generation when the apostles were still alive, the church retained its purity. But with the succeeding generations, that purity of doctrine slowly uh, lessened. In those early years, the seventh-day Sabbath was kept. But these early Christians were a subculture and were subjected to pressures from the existing cultures around at that time. The Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John and Jude, also one of the early Christian church leaders, warned the Christian believers about attempts to bring changes into the church which would pollute the basic set of beliefs held and taught by the Apostles. The Apostle Peter, writing in a letter to some of these early Christian churches, proclaimed, and this is found in First Peter 1 verse 16, 
We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter is here saying, to use a a modern phraseology, we got it from the horse's mouth. We, We were with Jesus. This is not some cooked up story. But then Peter issued a warning in his letter and that's found in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He says, But there were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways, and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And it was true. Doctrines and ideas did invade the church, so that the basic set of beliefs and practices changed. Although some of those Christian groups fought valiantly to maintain what they were first taught, Despite persecution and hostility, the Christian church grew. It was perceived by some of the secular authorities as a challenge to the prevailing culture. You may have heard stories and perhaps seen documentaries about how many Christians were thrown to the lions or burnt alive and persecuted because of their faith. The Colosseum in Rome was infamous for the deaths of many faithful Christians in the first century AD. The Roman Emperor Nero is believed to have set fire to Rome and then blamed it on the Christians to turn public favour against the Christian movement. Coupled with this was the fact that the early Christians kept the seventh-day Sabbath, as did the Jews. It seems that the Jews were unpopular at those times, as they have been at other times in Earth's history. So a resentment of Christians and Jews strengthened. Remember, these people were seen as a threat to the prevailing cultures in the regions I've mentioned. They were different and they kept the seventh-day Sabbath while the general population revered the day of the sun, Sunday. We see something of a parallel subculture gaining strength in these modern times with the intrusion of the Muslims into our society. I get lots of emails from people expressing their unease that the Muslims are gaining strength in Australia. With the Christians, though, one of the most outstanding differences was that they kept the seventh-day Sabbath, Saturday, while the rest of the population honoured Sunday, the day of the sun, as their festive day. In March 7, 321 AD, the Roman Emperor Constantine, some say in response to a vision, determined to reconcile the Christian and pagan society that he ruled over. 
and he proclaimed a new law. It said, On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and people residing in cities rest, and let all workshops be closed. In the country, however, persons engaged in agriculture may freely and lawfully continue their pursuits, because it often happens that another day is not so suitable for grain growing or for vine planting, lest, by neglecting the proper moment for such operations, the bounty of heaven should be lost. This is translated from the Codex Justin Anin, yeah, this hard word, Justinian Ianus. This was a huge pressure on the Sabbath-keeping Christians, and no doubt many of them decided to take the easy way out and have their holy day on Sunday as decreed by the Emperor at Constantine. If you're familiar with European history, you will know that the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire when the Pope became the Emperor. The Bishop of Rome was both the civil and religious leader. In A.D. 325, Pope Sylvester named Sunday as the Lord's Day. Although the Bible names Saturday, the seventh day of the week, as the Lord's Day. And then in A.D. 335-336, there was a further progression from what the Emperor Constantine decreed, decreed in A.D. 321. Eusebius the court bishop of Constantine wrote, All things whatsoever that it was the duty to do on the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, we, Constantine, Isubius, and other bishops, have transferred to the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, as more appropriately belonging to it. So there was strong political and religious pressure to keep Sunday as the holy day. And, with all this, a gradual change took place in the Christian church. Pagan festival days and other non-Christian ideas crept into the churches. And, of course, one of these things concerned the Sabbath. But there were faithful people who, despite the persecutions and pressure, continued to worship and keep the seventh-day Sabbath in southern Europe, Africa, and even England. These people had determined to do what the Bible taught and not to follow the crowd. Yes, the Christian church was subjected to false teachings and heresies just as the apostles had warned about. It had dramatically changed. I suggest to you, if the apostles could see what is the current state of the Christian church in these modern times, they would be stunned, dismayed and shocked. So, I've briefly outlined the history of how the Sabbath was changed. In short... It was changed by man, not by God. We are going to take a short break now and we'll be back in a minute. 
was in heaven and you were there with me we walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea heard the angels singing and someone called your name turned and saw this young man and he was smiling as he came and he said friend you may not know me now and then he said but wait you used to teach my sabbath school when i was only Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart Thank you for giving to the Lord I am a life that's been changed Then another man stood before you He said, remember the time A missionary came to your church His pictures made you cry You didn't have much money But you gave it anyway And Jesus took that gift you gave and that's why I'm here today Thank you for giving to the Lord I am alive that's been changed Thank you for giving to Each life somehow touched by your generosity Little things that you had done, the sacrifices made I noticed on the earth, but in heaven now proclaim And I know up in heaven you're not supposed to cry But I am almost sure There were tears in your eyes As Jesus took your hand And you stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you For great is your reward to the Lord I am a life that's been changed
And that was uh, Ron Delias with a beautiful song, Thank You. He's a world-known world gospel singer, and I really enjoy that song, and I hope that you did too. We are back with Uncle Len, and this is Give Me the Bible. Yes, back again, listeners, just before the break, but we're considering the events and things that uh, brought about a major change in the the keeping of the seventh day Sabbath to how it became um, shifted across to the first day. And just before we broke then, I mentioned this to you, that the Sabbath was changed by man, not by God. So then there's another question. Who claims the responsibility for changing the Sabbath? Now, what I want to share with you here may be a complete surprise. And to keep any personal bias out of this material, I'll only quote from other sources. The first is a question and answer section from the Converts Catechism of Catholic Doctrine. Question. Which is the Sabbath day? Answer. Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question. Why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Answer. We observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church at the Council of Laodicea in AD 336 transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. Now here's another quote. This one is from the Catholic Press, August 25, 1900. Sunday is a Catholic institution and can be defended only in Catholic principles. From beginning to end of Scripture, there is not a single passage that warrants the transfer of the weekly worship from the last day of the week to the first. A third quote. This one from the magazine of Catholic Apologetics and Evangelization, page 8, June 1997. The Catholic Church designated Sunday as the day for corporate worship and gets full credit or blame for the change. There are many, many quotes from Roman Catholic writers and all are in agreement. The change of the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday was a man-made change and it was instituted by the Roman Catholic Church. But it is even more fascinating <coughs> to read some extracts of what Catholic writers have to say about Protestants who observe Sunday as their holy day. Here is a quote from the New Jersey News March 18, 1903. It is well to remind the Presbyterians, Baptists and Methodists and all other Christians that the Bible does not support them anywhere in their observance of Sunday. 
Sunday is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church, and those who observe the day observe a commandment of the Roman Catholic Church. And one last one. This is from our Sunday visitor, February the 5th, 1950. Protestants accept Sunday rather than Saturday as the day for public worship after the Catholic Church made the change. In observing Sunday, they are accepting the authority of the spokesman for the Church, the Pope. Again, I'd like to say that there are many quotes that could have been given, but I've selected just a few. There's no question the Roman Catholic Church takes full responsibility for the change of the day for corporate worship, changing it from Saturday to Sunday. Secondly, they also point out that Protestants who worship on Sunday instead of Saturday accept the Pope as their authority for their beliefs. In other words, they're saying, if you're a Sunday-keeping Protestant, you're really in the Catholic's pocket. Now, <clears throat> I'm aware that some Sunday-keeping Christians try to prove from the Bible that the Sabbath was transferred from Saturday to Sunday. Some say that the law, the Ten Commandments, were done away with at the crucifixion of Christ, but nine of the ten were later put back in place. That has to be wishful thinking, as it cannot be proved from the Bible. Others read into a couple of texts things which are not there and try to use that. But try as they might to justify Sunday, the first day of the week, as their holy day, it is not possible. The Bible gives not the least hint that there should be, was or would be any change. In the New Testament there are eight references to the first day of the week and one of these is used to try to prove that the Sabbath was changed. If you care to look up in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians that is, chapter 16 and verse 2, you'll come across this verse. Back then when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, all the believers kept the seventh day Sabbath. Now, the verse I'm going to read is from the Good News Australia version of the Bible. Here's what it says. Every Sunday, each of you is to put aside some money in proportion to what you have earned and save it up so that there will be no need to collect money when I come. That was written by the Apostle Paul, who's giving instruction to the believers of the Corinthian church to put aside Monday each Sunday for the believers in Jerusalem who were very needy and suffering lots of persecution. He's advocating systematic giving. He's suggesting that it would be best to make this a regular weekly feature and put the money aside each Sunday following the Sabbath and save it up at home. That way there would be no need to take up an offering when he... The Apostle Paul came to Corinth on his way back to Jerusalem. Incidentally, of the eight references to the first day of the week in the New Testament, this is the last of them. 
<clears throat> now I want you to ask yourself some questions about that text. As a reminder, you can check it yourself. It was from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Here are the questions. Is there any suggestion or instruction that the first day of the week was a holy day? Second question. Is there anything that indicates that the seventh day Sabbath was transferred to the first day of the week? Third question. Is there anything that says the Corinthian believers were having a church meeting on that day? Next question. Is there any suggestion that an offering was being collected on that day? Last question. What were the people to do with the money? Well, there is absolutely nothing which says anything about the seventh-day Sabbath having been transferred to Sunday. The people were simply asked to put aside some money each week and save it up. The beginning of each new week was suggested as a regular time to do this. There was no mention of church, no mention of anything special about the day, that Sunday, nothing, except that it was the first day of the week. No, I'm afraid 1 Corinthians 16.2 is no help at all in trying to prove the Sabbath was changed. And that goes for any other verses in the Bible. There was no change. God gave the last day of the week as the Sabbath and did not make any change. The change was man-made. But some people say, oh, I can worship on any day of the week. That's true, you can. But God did say the Sabbath was a special day, a day he blessed and is a sign between him and his people. Not just any day would do. Something like this. Say your birthday is on October 21 and your family says, oh, we think we'll celebrate your birthday on June 8 or maybe February 27 or perhaps March 3. How would you feel? You would most likely be insulted. And I think God is insulted when people use this I can worship any day excuse to avoid honouring him on the day he specified it's like, our oh, God is not particular. Offer him any old thing and he'll accept it. Don't be concerned what God wants. Just offer him what you want. Personally, I think such an attitude shows extreme disrespect for God. One last thought. The Apostle Peter, whom Roman Catholics regard as the first Pope, or at least the father of the Catholic Church, and the other apostles made this statement. You must obey God rather than men. That's found in Acts 5.29. So who are you going to obey? Will it be God or man? Will it be to do what God requires? Or will it be what man has substituted instead? Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I hope you can join me next week for another in the series, Give Me the Bible. Till then, this is Len signing off and wishing you God's beautiful blessings and faith and courage.
Oh, uh-huh. 